Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, and I am streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio today, and I have the pleasure of having Matt Orth back on our show. He's been on, that's actually the third time he's been on, and he is, he's been managing HR, um, human resources, and um, employment health for 20 plus years now, I believe, Matt, and I'll let him tell his story a little bit later. But he's, over the last few years, he's really transitioned into, you know, obviously trying to save his employers money and um, in a non-traditional manner. And he's had stories before where he saved millions of dollars for, for a, you know, a medium-sized employer, actually. So, um, but still there's people that are skeptical of any kind of alternative type of employer-based health insurance. And today he is going to discuss two stories. If we get a chance, we're going to at least discuss one of them. And we can have him on again if uh, we don't get a chance to discuss the other one. And it's just going to compare comparing a traditional healthcare model to some alternatives that he has um, helped his, his employer um, you know, transition into and just uh, you'll, you'll see the benefits of not only saving money, but also the patient getting better, the employee patient getting better care. So um, with that, uh, Matt, go ahead and introduce yourself and um, tell, tell us the story. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Always great to be on the show with you. It's always, the stuff is fun for me. It doesn't feel like work, right? But right. I'm, um, I'm wired in a way, um, maybe you'll find this weird, I'm not sure, but I had a, early in my career, I had a uh, uh, I've always been an entrepreneurial spirit and worked for a Toyota and so learned uh, a pretty cool problem solving method. And so uh, the part with me is that the bigger the problem that I come across, the more I get excited. So I don't know if that's weird or good, but it, it certainly helped me in my career in that, uh, you know, once you identify the problem, then uh, if you have a good method approach or approach to solve it, um, things get pretty fun. And so imagine if I stumbled upon healthcare. care, uh, there's just a few problems there. There might be. Um, so there's a there's a career worth of opportunity. And that's kind of, uh, you know, I did the, the work 23 years in HR. And I think when the COVID came, I kind of had my fill. I, I still love different pieces of HR and I love people and I love leadership, but have taken on a new role with a great company called Team Cheryl Companies in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, small, relatively small town in the middle of Wisconsin. And uh, I've been leading a healthcare best practice group in central Wisconsin for five or six years. And my previous role was the VP of HR and medical services with a company called Merrill Steel. And we did some pretty cool things. We started off maybe not knowing nearly what I know now and what I've learned, but we saved about, I think still growing, but at the time of five and a half million dollars in about five years and we increased a bunch of benefits. So uh, it is not an RBP. It is not a reference-based pricing model, which has shown to work in some areas, but in our areas, the systems are pushing back pretty hard. Uh, so it's not that. In fact, I've entitled, I think my strategy, maybe I'll come up with a little bit, you know, an adjusted name or a, 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 a sub name, but I'm calling it Don't Feed the Monster. And so I'm started a book with that title and we'll talk about what that, what that means. Yeah, that's awesome. So I can tell over the fat past few months of just getting to know you that you're very passionate about this subject and, um, you know, you're very active in it also. And I think that's what's important is that 
you know, some people, just like we were discussing right before the show, is that, you know, people don't know what they don't know. You and I, we deal with this every day. So we take it for granted that, you know, we know how to shop for health care and, and how to save ourselves or people money. Um, but most people do not. So we, you know, it's important um, to get out there and educate and empower people to take charge of their own health. And so thank you for doing this. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny how things happen. You know, you, I never would have predicted that I would be interested or passionate about healthcare. I never really was in my career, but uh, so much so that it seemed to it seemed to kind of come with me. So I think, uh, in fact, the owners of Team Cheryl Companies, which were a retail company with about sixty three stores and subways and convenience stores and so forth, and tire centers, and uh, they've actually approached me and asked me if if I wanted to kind of lead a, a new division. And uh, we haven't named it yet, and uh, but I already have calls coming in, and and basically that that would be a mission of helping other employers uh, fix their healthcare. So I've got a, a roughly five or six or seven kind of appointments already just by sharing that news, and I'm sure we can formalize our name. Doesn't matter, right? But um, I do believe I have um, proven methods and strategies, so we can kind of talk about those. Uh, so one of the things, yeah. So um, I think the topic today is an interesting one, and it's comparing. Um, um, traditional, if you will, or at least what it's become today. Traditional actually wasn't so bad. Doctor house calls, if you want to go way back, right? Uh, what the systems have uh, developed, what the, they've turned into, right? They've started out as nonprofits. All but three in Wisconsin are nonprofits, and um, you know they start out mission oriented, and then they and they're and they're aimed to serve. And it's not about money; it's about healthcare. But healthcare has become wealth care, and the care part might be missing. And so you have a lot of a lot of nurses, a lot of doctors, and a lot of others in the healthcare system that are extremely frustrated. These things are coming from the top, and uh, they've went kind of animal farm, as I call it. You know, if you've ever read that, that humorous book by George Orwell, uh, and basically animals take over the farm and they, and they start out good. And it's a quick read and a good read, but essentially most things start out with good missions, and uh, but they can go awry pretty fast just because of uh, our human nature. Greed comes in and so forth. And so our systems, our hospital systems have been hijacked by hospital administrators who are making millions and hospitals are now making tens or hundreds of millions and they're no longer really serving the community as, as they originally set out to do. And while not paying taxes to the community at the same time. So we, we kind of have an emergency situation, in my opinion, a dire, a dire situation that, that employers are the ones and we need to step up and, and help fix it. We're the ones paying for it. Yeah, yes, for sure. So tell us, you have a story of um, a knee replacement, I believe, or some kind of knee surgery um, in the traditional system versus you know, some alternative methods that you've um, um, promoted. And so tell us that story. Yeah, so what I'd like to do is, and I've worked with several MDs on this, so this is, um, this is a story uh, that I think probably happens every day in America, uh, but this is not Matt's opinion. This is coming straight from MDs. And what we're doing is we're, we're setting uh, side by side, we're setting uh, whatever we want. I've labeled it traditional, although I just want to be careful because traditional way back actually was really good, but currently Absolutely. we call it current system, current hospital system, healthcare, and what it's come to be today. And then uh, an independent side, a side that is would be part of my strategy of don't feed the monster, um, right. So often we, we feed the monster that's trying to eat us. And I just don't think that's very wise. Right. So we have to realize the motives and the, and the methods of the monster. And that's kind of the monster refers to the big healthcare system overall. It's several entities. So I don't mean to 
put others down, but I, others are using words like cartel and swindler and all sorts of things. And I think we have to be honest about where we are today. So we have a situation here where a person ends up you know, needing a knee replacement surgery. And so what I'd like to do is just compare and contrast the two ways going uh, side by side. So, um, so if we look at the tradition, at the uh, the current system side, the traditional side, if you will, uh, the, the hospital systems today, uh, we call and make an appointment, and uh, in this case, we get the appointment four weeks later with primary care, which is an mm -hmm. uncommon, right? So now I I've got a swollen knee and I've got pain in my joint, and now I've got to wait four weeks for an appointment. So so already I'm in a from the very from the gates. I'm in a bad place because I'm in pain and possibly getting worse when there might have been some early intervention. So I get a 15-minute appointment, and um, right, and that's pretty common. I'm, and there are exceptions to that. I realize that there are, but I would say that's the norm. And if you hear from MDs, um, it's not even actually 15 minutes because there are vitals and there are charts in there. So, in fact, if I may, I'm just going to read uh, from Daniel uh, Paul, MD, just a recent post as this podcast was coming up. I'm, I'm printing a, a couple of things here that I'd like to share with you. Here, um, here's Daniel's opinion, and he's, a, he's, a, he's an MD. Of, I don't care how good of a doctor you think you are. If you only have 15 minutes allotted each patient with only half of that time for the actual visit, the rest is for charting, you are doing somewhat of a disservice to your patients and also to yourself. Seven-minute appointments normally allow for one problem to be discussed with almost no time for patient education or informed shared decision-making. It's more of the doctor interrupting, diagnosing, explaining for 30 seconds, and then giving the treatment plan. While this might meet the standard of care, the quality is actually pretty low. As there is no relationship formed, it is really a transactional undertaking. A transactional undertaking is great when you are buying coffee, but it is inappropriate for the doctor-patient relationship where there are complex educational, social, and economic issues at play. Now, if a physician decides to go rogue and spend the appropriate amount of time to do a good job, they will likely be pushed out or fired. The clinical managers won't like it, the hospital system doesn't like it, and there's no way to maintain your insurance-based practice with that low of a volume. So I think it was just kind of a neat story from an, an actual practicing MD who knows this stuff. And it really emphasizes, right, let's be careful because this, this, these problems today are often not caused by the doctors or nurses. They're put into this system and they're very unhappy because they're not able to do health care. They're doing more wealth care. So, um, all right. So we have a 15-minute appointment. We have, in, in this case, I'm comparing two plans as well because we have a, a typical benefit plan with a $6,000 deductible and a $10,000 max out of pocket on this side. So $220, that may be understated, but I'll stay conservative in, in the example, $220 for the primary care visit, some medication, and then 10 uh, PT visits. Interestingly, the paths here are very similar on each side. The cost and quality are very different. Now in the diabetes example, which we probably won't get to today, the paths are very different and the quality of care is very different. But here, uh, it's not all that different. So then we have a, we do the 10 PT visits and now that costs 150. So that's another $1,500 out of pocket. And then we have an ortho consult that looks like, right, the PT wasn't able to help, which is a good try. Uh, but we have an ortho consult that's cost 350 to the patient. And then we have an MRI where we want to see what's going on. So now we're talking a median cost. This is conservative. I would say it's higher in our area where we're paying four to six hundred percent of Medicare. But in this case, forty four hundred dollars to the patient for an MRI. And uh, then we this person starts to meet their deductible rate of a follow up ortho cost, which is more 
uh, visit, which is more cost, 350 And then we have the surgery performed, which in our area, even a somewhat conservative price from the system is $68,000 for that surgery. So, and then we have some PT rehab, which is another 150 times 10, 1,500. And we end up with a situation in which the $10,000 max out of pocket was paid by the patient. And we end up with a total plan cost of 66,790. So a total cost of almost $77,000. So kind of interestingly, we, we, we juxtapose. Um, you like that word? I learned that word many years ago. Well, repeat that? I don't get to use it very often. We juxtapose, we set these things side by side. I sound like Keith Smith now pulling out big words. Um, so as we compare that with, right, sometimes the, the big buildings, the big, the big monumental buildings are viewed, I think this is my experience, just as when you implement an on-site or a near-site, sometimes, I think we can change this through education, but they're viewed as somehow better. And what we have to realize is let's look at, let's look at, let's break this down just like we're doing today. Uh, but often it's not better. In fact, it's worse. And it's yep. certainly, certainly more costly. So, and by the way, where do, where do all these doctors come from to start these independent practices? They come from the hospitals. Right, <laughs> so, right. And they're maybe the ones that are that have just had enough and they have the initiative yeah. and the drive and the know-how to say, I can't do this anymore. It's not why I went into healthcare. So kudos to them. It's happening all over. I think there's a movement starting in America. Yeah. So we look at the independent side. Now we call it a doctor. Now we get an appointment the next day. I think that's very reasonable. I hear it over and over and over again. All the time. Yeah. So that's very reasonable. If if someone ever feels that I'm exaggerating on a story, let me know because I don't feel I am. I've went ran this by several MDs who have worked both in the system and the independent. Uh, We get a 40-minute appointment because that's what it actually should take. So there's plenty of time to educate it and, and discuss. And in this case, by the way, the plan is designed that if I go to preferred providers, which ones that share the price, ones that... Uh, have good quality and ones that work with us and and are in it for the real reasons of healthcare. Care is still in that word. Um, then there's in our case there's zero copay to the associate or their or their family members. So in this case, this is covered by the company. It's it's um, probably around you could do PM PM or whatever, but it's probably around $150 visit in actual cost. But it's paid 100% by the company. Similar uh, medication for swelling and for pain, just to to get through this. 10 physical therapy sessions, which under our plan, we have a small network of, of uh, transparent and, so, and uh, physical therapists. So that would be, again, no copay to the person. So all they've paid is $57 so far for some medication. Um, uh, so you go through the 10 physical, same on the other side, you go through the 10 physical therapy, weren't able, able to prevent it. Many times we are, by the way, we are, but in this case, the surgery is needed. So we, so we talked to the person about options. Now we've got options in Western Wisconsin, Southern Wisconsin. We have to get out of our a little area because the, the system has that controlled and has the independence controlled within 30 to 60 minutes. So we have to drive a little further. Um, uh, so they've monopolized the area pretty effectively, but that doesn't stop us. So we can go to Green Bay. We can go to Appleton in our case, which is Eastern Wisconsin, or we can go to Wellbridge, our friends down in Indiana who are just getting Absolutely. started. Or we can go to Oklahoma. So we're going to put those options. We call our plan options. And we're going to put that in front of the associate or the family member. And 
we're going to say, what, what, what do you like? There's even a small incentive. Now we stay, you know, we mostly have the zero copay. That's the incentive, but we have incentives if you want to go to Oklahoma because they're even that much less. Uh, so then once we find out where the person wants to go, then we would uh, hold their hand through the whole way, usually with a PT in this case, because it's movement related, but they'd hold their hand and they do a virtual consult with the actual surgeon of where they want to go. We don't want to waste the surgeon's time. So we ask, where do you want to go first? And in this case, then we make sure that the, the surgeon agrees their surgery and what kind and can answer the questions. The person feels comfortable. And then we would schedule the surgery. In this case, let's say it was in Green Bay. That's the cost I have down here. Uh, this surgery, by the way, in, in Oklahoma is 15 5 uh, But this surgery in Green Bay with, with the right kind of provider is 23000 So pretty close. And, um, and Oklahoma is all cash-based, which is what I would recommend for self-insured employers. Right. Um, you know. You know what? Just let me back up on that, sure. Matt. Um, when you're when you're comparing the Surgeon Center of Oklahoma to, to Green Bay, fifteen thousand versus twenty three thousand. Mm-hmm. Only in healthcare would we say that's pretty close. <laughs> right. Because Seven. I mean, you were gonna yeah. say compared to Green Bay, I was or yeah. Surgeon Center of Oklahoma. I was gonna guess because usually it's about eight to one. So I was gonna guess Green Bay was gonna be a hundred thousand. So. You know, yeah. if you're comparing healthcare to cars, if you were buying a car for twenty three thousand and you could get the same car for eight thousand dollars a few hundred miles away, that's not pretty close. We wouldn't say pretty close, would we? No, that's a that's how screwed up our healthcare right. system is, right? It is. I mean, you make a great point because we're, we're usually when I what I tell the owners, we're talking in hundred thousand dollar increments usually when we're talking healthcare, right. just because everything's inflated so much. Right. And I'd ask that the CEO, by the way, of this one in Green Bay, a great surgery center. They do surgeries for the Packers, uh, which we didn't get a Super Bowl and still striving. Here, I, but, I know. And I was but, I was uh, rooting for Aaron Rodgers this year. Right? Yeah, that was a that was a bad ending. It so but, they, but this surgery center is top notch. They've been open a long, long time. I, um, I think close to 100 years, something, something like that. But they're one of the top ones in the state. And so that surgery there. Now, I asked her one time, I said, why? Just curious. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're transparent and you're just what we want. Why is yours 23 and why is Oklahoma's 15.5? And she said, man, I employ nine more people because we still deal with the insurance side. Yep. So yep. so um, they're pretty competitive overall. And, and Oklahoma is all cash based. Now, you can set that up with your employer through a self-insured plan. So, yep. right, it's still it's not just pure cash. It's it can work through that method. But. But that's part of the reason. And Oklahoma is really efficient. They're, they're really good at this and they have some of the best surgeons. So, but in this case, we'll say 23,000, right? Not pretty close, but 23,000. <laughs> uh, but still much better than 60, or 80,000 at the two systems in, in, in our area. For sure. So, so in this case, how does it work out? Well, we've kind of set the two side by side. In this case, we've got, I'll find my summary here. We've got um, $15.00. Uh, paid by the patient. So I had said 57, that was an error. That's how much the medication actually cost, but it was a $15 copay. So the patient paid $15 and the plan paid $26,837. And one of the things I, I hadn't pointed out, right, in this MRI, by the way, this MRI that we that was $0 to the patient, that was $600 to the company, is often the same truck. Right. Same truck, same driver, same tech. So let's make one one easy little um, example right? is we talk about quality. So it depends on where the truck is parked and where the truck is plugged in to whether it's six hundred dollars or forty four hundred. In this example, often five plus five thousand plus. 
Um, so if we think we're getting less care, in this case, we've also had that longer, you know, from a quality measure, we've had that longer appointment with uh, the primary care. So there's being a relationship developed, just like old school healthcare, right? Where the doctor wasn't uh, limited and actually came to your house and there's a relationship. So if I've ever got a future issue, one, I can afford it because it's zero copay. So uh, I'm not putting off my health care, uh, but I develop a relationship. And, and that person, in this case, our, D, our DPCs, our independent clinics, are available by text, are available by phone, are available by email. So if I have a quick question or I just need a renewal of my prescription or whatever it may be, I'm not bothering the doctor. This is what they're enjoying. This is what they're, um, this is what they're what got the reason they got into health care. Um, and interestingly, if we look at the other side, there's lots of dynamics and lots of you know ways to analyze analyze this. But think about it. You know, uh, so healthcare plans probably for the last 20 to 25 years is when this downhill slide really started to happen, and when when the uh, the systems really started just to, the prices just shot up year after year after year. Uh, but if you have a six thousand dollar deductible, now this is after your premium, by the way, which is probably pretty big. So a premium or paycheck deduction or contribution is before I even think about healthcare. So let's not forget that part. So premiums are really important. But you know, if I don't even use healthcare, in some cases I've seen uh, outrageous numbers, um, 600 a month, 800 a month, 1,000 plus a month. For sure. My friend Carl Schusler made a, made a post recently in some of the premiums in Texas, and I responded, I said, those are insane. And they were, they were like 1,500 or more a month. This is right. Yeah. I had a friend who just yesterday she posted. She's a pharmacist, and um, she posted. You know, when your healthcare premiums are more than your house payment, that's a problem. Right. I mean, I mean, think about that. I mean, we would have never ever thought that that was going to happen. In many cases, they are. I mean, there's a stat by 2030 uh, it, for a family of four. It's expected that the healthcare premium will be 52 percent of a patient's income. So that's above the house payment because usually when you look at the house mortgages, they're like, or anything over 40, they won't approve you. Right. And even 40 is really, really high. I mean. Right. And so we're seeing, you know, as I testified in front of the Senate uh, a few weeks ago in Wisconsin, in Madison, in the big Capitol building, and, and, um, was saying, I was telling them, I said, I, you know, I think we're in kind of an emergency state. I think, uh, I think, or, or we're approaching it very fast. Um, when one of the senators spoke up, um, they're starting to get educated. One, sen one senator said, I've recently read Marty Macri's The Price We Pay book. Mm -hmm. um, been listening to it on my commute. And another senator said, I went through a divorce years ago and I needed a surgery and I was hurting for money. And I, and I, I needed uh, an affordable, I think it was before he was a senator, maybe even. Uh, but I needed a fair price surgery. And I actually went uh, to Oklahoma. I, I searched around and some gave me prices like weeks later. Uh, which is pretty good achievement, actually. But many <laughs> right? at least they got a price. <laughs> I don't give prices when I call. Uh, but many uh, wouldn't give me the price, and I ended up going to Oklahoma. And I, boy, here's a Wisconsin senator having to go 700 miles, actually further. Uh, it's, it's closer to a thousand miles um, to get a fair price surgery. Um, so what's what's happening here, right? right. So uh, just to finish my thought, you know, so on the six thousand dollar deductible, um, what are my, you know after the premium, which I touched on, right? What are we likely to do as healthcare consumers, right? So what are we likely to do? I can tell you one thing: if I'm paying a large premium already, and then I have to pay the first six thousand, 
I'm probably avoiding healthcare. Don't you think that's natural? Yeah, right. You know, I mean, so therefore I'm not getting, I can't. Wait, let's back up, Matt. Yeah. That's really what the insurance company wants you to do. It's less cost, isn't it? For yeah, that? they don't want to pay for anything. They really don't. I mean, they, they, so they've got they've got this system figured out to and rigged to for their betterment, not the patient's betterment. So sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted oh. to interject that. No, love it. Yeah, love it. So I think these these high deductibles, and that's what's happened over the last twenty years, is that we're potentially avoiding care. And so, what happens with that one? Our quality of life goes down, right? It's like, well, my knee hurts, but not bad enough to, you know lose my vacation and my boat or something I wanted to buy or whatever, or I can't even afford it. I, I'm meeting with someone in a couple of weeks. I was giving a presentation to a lean uh, group and I was talking about the, the interesting comparisons between lean and the way I practice healthcare, right? It's taking out the waste. It's taking out the steps that don't add value. She said, Matt, she said, I, I don't know if I've heard a story worse than this. I've heard of lots of bankruptcies but she said, I had to take 72000 out of my retirement just to pay my medical bills. And I don't know what kind of insurance, or maybe she didn't, but um, 72000 out of her retirement, and I don't know about you, that would probably eat up my retirement. I always say I'm going to retire early at 90. I got six kids and foster <laughs> parents, and, right? Um, and so uh, I go home to a circus. Uh, I come to work to rest. No. Um, but uh, 72000 out of your retirement, um, that's most people that'd be easy bankruptcy, right? There's a stat that says two thirds of bankruptcies in America are related to healthcare. And then three out of four of those had health insurance. Exactly. That's one so. thing that people, you know, actually Dr. Keith Smith, we talked about surgery center of Oklahoma a lot. I'm um, Dr. Keith Smith's the one that I saw him comment on a post about, you know, medical bankruptcies. And, um, he reminded people that, 50% of those are plus 50% of those have health insurance already. So obviously the traditional health and system system service um, um, arena is not working to, to protect people from, you know, medical bankruptcies. It is not working. I mean, in fact, you could argue that that's why it's not working is because of the health insurance companies. So um, yeah, um, right. it's very compelling to me to see that most of the bankruptcies were with people that had insurance already. So right. why should we believe that system works? Right. I mean, I'm, and I'm a capitalist. I, I believe in work, hard work, and I believe in free market and those kinds yep. of things. But if you look at the number, the number of people that the hospital systems are suing, right? And I get it. They can't give away every, I get that, right? They have to still... But when you're having when you're having tens of millions in the bank and hundreds of millions in the bank and you're buying farmland and you're you're doing you're giving uh, the, the top staff 20 plus percent increases and making two, uh, millions, um, uh, you know, I don't think that's sustainable. And it certainly doesn't it doesn't look like serving to me. And we and years ago we looked and there was one system that was suing. So these are intentional, by the way, these aren't right? Put you on a plan or anything, suing 400 people in a 90 day period. That was just one system. So, so I heard, thing about I heard, isn't accidental. They're, they're assertively uh, causing it. 
Well, and I think the system has created hospitals to just be monsters. And when you talk about don't feed the monsters, I think hospitals are definitely a monster. Private, public, profit, nonprofit, it doesn't matter. They're all, you know, they all seem to be in it for just the dollars only. It's not about charity. Um, on the credit issue or the suing issue, I heard of one hospital system. I did not verify this myself. I got it from a very good source. Um, he said that there was one hospital, I believe, in Tennessee that they saw such an opportunity to sue people in collections that they bought a collection company. So they own a collection company now. I mean, be more efficient when they sue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about a conflict of interest. And if that doesn't show you how hospitals really don't care about anything besides the dollars, I don't know what would. Well, there's there would have been more money in that for them. Normally, you don't see efficiency steps. I'm not sure they know what that word means. <laughs> One of the things, you know, I've been networking and meeting lots of great people. I talked with a Dr. Bill Hennessy, and he is showing me statistics about how ER is their number one moneymaker over even everything else. It's five times plus the rate. Um, um, I saw a post from a doctor, you know, so James Tinley, but I think yeah. about the thing we like we need we need uh healthcare, right? It's not that I'm going out and I'm buying some Cadillac. I need healthcare. Now I have like if I'm if I'm not in what you know, the world we can create, right? We can we can create it, we can help others create it, this independent system that's much that works like that gives us fair prices and works like we'd we'd want want it to. But it's like a, it becomes like a ransom. So that if I'm in this traditional, which are most ninety probably percent of employers, it's like a ransom for my health. So if I'm in ER, I might not even be be conscious. So here was a post by Dr. James Tinley. Uh, you charge very brief. You charge fifteen dollars for a three dollar gallon of gasoline during a hurricane. You go to jail. We have like we have like twenty seven convenience stores. We sell gasoline in, in our team Cheryl company. Right. But you go to jail if you manipulate an emergency and profit from it. Right. You take advantage of the person who's incapacitated or weak. I can't imagine a more dire situation. Um, and but you go to jail, but you charge three thousand dollars for a five. Three thousand is really low. How about five? You charge five thousand dollars for a five hundred dollar MRI and you take legislators uh, out to dinner and make billions. So here's a case not to get. Uh, right, I guess too candid if there's such a thing, but here's a case where, um, and why and why is my strategy don't feed the monster because I can't fight the monster. The monster will right eat anybody they fight because they're overpricing. They're really really wealthy, and so the money, but the money, the extra money they're getting from really bad ways from bankrupting communities. Now they're using in the lobby, they're using in the lobby arena. And they're using it to have laws. When I testified in front of the state uh, Senate, uh, it was for a bill they called uh, white bagging, which meant uh, that, that drugs that need clinical administration or infusion, um, they wanted to, basically they're saying, we want a monopoly on that. There's been a few cases, they've been brought in cancer patients. I felt horrible, I care for those people. But they brought in cancer patients. And so basically I think the exception where the drug didn't arrive on time and there was some small hangup um, and saying, because of this, we want to buy those drugs directly. And we want a, a law that says only hospital systems can, say, infuse those drugs. And we think about this. So if we see them as this nonprofit, uh, benevolent, right, organization, then that would be like, yeah, they really care. 
they really care. And um, so I just I just don't think that's the case because it would be like the two largest auto mechanic shops in town and say there's 20. The two largest saying, you know, we're just not getting some things on time. So the wrecker services, they can we want a law that says they can only uh, take the cars to us. Yeah. Never mind the others. But we want to create a monopoly on this. I, I have very little confidence that they problem solve or that that there would still be wouldn't be minor issues, right, of drug delivery. Give me a break. Uh, but they're actually still trying, and they're even trying it through law. So I think, um, fellow Americans, we need to wake up to what's happening here with uh, with the so-called nonprofit healthcare systems and employers. Uh, this is part of maybe what will be the rest of my career for 15 years is to help employers fix this. And we have pretty reliable ways. But if if you don't take the initiative, um, you're going to feel this pain, and it's only going to get worse. So I think well, it's and, to us yeah. to do yeah. yeah. And I think, I think some people just think talking about the monster, they, they realize the monster is so big, they just can't fight it. So what do they do? They just get eaten by the monster. But like a good doctor one time said, um, he's a, D, a DPC doctor. He said in order to fix the system, he had to get out of the system. Right. And that's essentially what you're doing, um, you know, with employer, the, the way you have employer um, relationships with these, com- with these healthcare companies is you're just not, you're not fighting the system. You're, you're, you're just, you know, you're, you're right. circumventing it because you have to. And I love the gasoline analogy. That is a great one. And Dr. Tinsley has been on our podcast mm-hmm. and um, what happens in healthcare it's amazing. It's legal because it would be illegal in any other industry. The cartels that, that have been created between health insurance companies and hospitals, it's literally a cartel and it would be illegal. They use mob tactics for all kinds of, of, of different things, um, whether it be to control physicians or whether it be to control um, consumers of health care. It would be illegal in other industries. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. And I think, you know, I think there is a movement started. I mean, we have and more awareness. I mean, things like this, the more more we can educate, especially those in legislature um, to be aware of these things and not be fooled. Uh, This white bagging bill in Wisconsin, they had something like 70 uh, Congress people supporting it. And so now we've gathered about close to 100 employers and we're pushing back and saying, if we don't start stepping up and educating, we're going to be in real trouble. I mean, we own, we own tire centers. And so, for instance, in Wisconsin, there's what's called consumer. These are almost humorous and sad at the same time. Uh, consumer protection laws. If I take my car to a mechanic, which we do all sorts of mechanic type work, tires and will replace engines or whatever. But if I take my car to a mechanic, then uh, I, I am owed many things. I'm owed a, an estimate, a written estimate before I have the service. And if I want the old parts back, you ever seen that trick in automotive, right? Yep. Yeah, we replaced your alternator. You don't even know what an alternator is. So we replaced your alternator. No, I want the old part back. So I want to prove that. And and and, the, and uh, mechanics shops can get in a lot of trouble for not following those basic consumer protection laws. We even have a federal funeral uh, law that protects... Um, that that should, makes the funeral home have to give transparent prices and different things and right so the joke is so we here we have a case where our cars are better protected or at least when we're getting our cars repaired and the dead the dead are actually better protected than those um, live people seeking health care wow. so something needs to give doesn't it yeah. 
So back on your knee surgery story. So what was the total? I don't know if we finished it. I know we, we, we're, so, we're both so passionate about this subject um, that we get distracted. And so what was the total price saved and uh, in the traditional versus the traditional system? Yeah. So, so from the patient perspective, and just to kind of reiterate that summary, right? So the quality was better. We've talked about that. We've yeah. talked about the, uh, the time of care and, and the relationship developed and texting and phoning and so forth. But in, in, the, um, in the current hospital system method or process that the patient met their max out of pocket, so they paid uh, 10,000. And then, uh, then the plan uh, in so-called insurance, remember if you're self-insured folks, you're writing a check for this minus stop loss, but 66,790. So that's a total cost of 76,790 on the hospital system side. We're both basically both wrote big checks, right? The patient and the plan and the employer. As we put that uh, side by side, then we see on the on the independent plan, on the preferred providers, um, we have a patient cost of $15. That was a copay for the medication. And we have a total plan cost of $26,837. So about uh, close to a little less, one third of the, uh, the plan cost was one third less. And the patient cost $15 opposed to $10,000. Uh, $10,000 can put a lot of families to have to file bankruptcy, right? I mean, not too many families have that kind of money saved up. And if they don't let you, they're supposed to in many cases, but if they don't let you on a payment plan and you start getting collection letters, which are extremely common, it puts families in a very bad place. So we look for win-wins, right, Sean? I'm sure you, right? So win-win situations. Um, and if there's- That's a, that's literally $50,000. Just right. in one, just in one example, yeah. Just that, that was a knee replacement, right? Wow. Yeah, and so we start doing this across the board. We're, you know, we take the top ten. So we're talking about everything from mammograms and colonoscopies and knee surgeries and hip replacements and cartilage tears. And you can imagine how we, right? How we actually save money. There's a saying. I'm not sure who coined it, but in order to pay less for healthcare, you have to pay less for healthcare. <laughs> so, so right. So here, so here we, uh, credit to whoever coined it, but, but, um, but here's a case where you're, you're actually right. You have to look at what you're paying. One, you have to know what you're paying before you get the bill and then, and then find the smart options. So, well, and I mean, and it wasn't that difficult to save $50,000. I mean, um, as long as you know how to navigate the system. And I think that's one thing that we need to do, Matt, is just, you know, teach people how to navigate the system. And I will tell you that, you know, as a healthcare professional myself and working with a lot of doctors that are obviously healthcare professionals, um, you know, we know how to navigate the system. And, and one of the hardest parts was, is to, you know, teach employers that, you know, that this is what you're doing. Premiums going up, what, Matt, 20% a year sometimes? I had one call me and they said they went up 100% one year a few years ago. That's a, that's a story to remember. But yeah, the average is six, seven, eight, nine, something like that, depending on the year. Yeah. And it's not sustainable. That's I right. mean, you know, um, and so, you know, they have to find an alternative method. And that's what I appreciate about you educating us on, Matt, is that, you know, you you're tried and true. You've you've done this with with big employers, and it seems like the bigger the employer, the harder it is to educate them on this. When in reality, it should be easier because 
You know, a small self-insured employer, how many total knee replacements do they have that they could save 50000 on? One every 10 years? I mean, I don't know. You know, obviously it depends. Probably more often even, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but think about a big employer with like thousands and thousands or hundreds of thousands of, of employers they, or of employees. They could save right. millions and millions Tens a year. Of millions. Yeah. Tens of and, millions. Yeah. And we're talking about, right, if we can get employers engaged here, uh, we're developing a method that will help DPCs be able to, to find those options. So if anyone has any and needs any help there, we have some good ways to do that. But we're talking about an employer. So employers are the gap here. I think that's going to be, I'm going to be speaking at the free market medical conference again in Texas in May. In May. I love it. I just saw the yeah. date come out last week. I'm super excited. I'll see you there. Yeah. And it's a blast. Uh, great people who care about communities and who are helping, right? We're yep. trying to uh, come together and help. Um, so, but we're talking about, and, and the employers, I think we'll be, we'll see, but the employers are a big focus because Many providers are, and doctors and nurses are breaking out, and we have all these resources, but if employers, especially self-insured employers, don't take the step on what is typically their second or third highest cost, right? So your second or third highest cost has been off your radar for the last 20 or 25 years, and we can, and we can just through good methods that actually increase benefits, we can remove 10 to 40% of the cost of that, of that cost. That's big dollars. How often do employers scrape for one percent, and they, and they say you need three quotes on that vacuum, or you know, don't buy those paper clips or pens. <laughs> Office supplies are killing us. I've, have you ever heard that? Office supplies. Are you kidding me? So yet we write these hundred thousand dollar checks for healthcare that we could have got for twenty grand, and it's just off the radar. So CEOs, CFOs, HR leaders. Um, a lot of times people don't want to be first, they'll be second, but I would say in this case, I'll argue it is second or third, because I can tell you stories. We've frozen premiums. We froze them at Merrill Steel. I think this went on their sixth year in a row. Uh, they tell me that never happens here at team Cheryl. I think we're on our fifth. Um, so freezing premiums. And in many cases we've lowered them. Uh, right. I think, you know, insurance companies have been doing raising premiums and decreasing services for years because they've gotten away with it and they did it because they can, or why do hospitals increase prices all the time right. or, or have non-transparent pricing or super inflated pricing because they can, we haven't called them out yet. Yeah. And, I mean, we have to a smaller extent, but that's why we need to make this a big movement because I mean, just like you're saying, you were given the uh, example in green Bay where there was one of the systems that was fairly reasonable, 23,000, but there were some of the systems, a couple of systems that were, you know, 60 to 70,000 for the surgery right. or whatever. Um, they do it because they can. But if, right. and so obviously a majority, a huge, 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 huge majority of that um, system is a is a payer mix from a from some kind of healthcare insurance company. Um, but if those, if people start going elsewhere, they have to change their price if they want to stay in business, period. Right. And just to clarify, Sean, that wasn't a hospital system. That was a large surgery center with about, I think, 12 locations, but that was there. So it wasn't a system. There aren't, there aren't too many hospital systems. There's one in Nebraska, I guess it's in the price we pay, I think, that's actually making money on the 100% of Medicare. And, you know, there are a few very rare scattered hospital systems, but in, in almost all cases, we're going to independent providers and the systems have gotten so big and bulky that they're 
Right. That, right. And, and you know, and I, I should, you know, thank you for clarifying that. Cause I, I, I try to, um, I call it, even though, you know, there's small corporations, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's, it's, it's the big healthcare corporate corporate corporations that have, you know, really taken advantage of the traditional healthcare system. So the big, super big, you know, surgery center clinics and things like that, um, right. they're, they're guilty of overinflating prices too. For sure. It depends on who you're talking with, right? There are right. some that are free market minded and some that aren't, but I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you one thing in this, this book that I'm writing and don't feed the monsters. Um, you know, what's interesting is I went to a system a story. I went to a system a few years ago and I said, yeah, we're sending, uh, we're going to be sending people to Oklahoma, uh, but we would like you to bundle, right? That's one language. They don't want to talk. They put their numbers online and they're all scattered and can't, can't read them and can't interpret them, but we'd like you to bundle. Well, they thought about it a while and a week or so I get this long email that says we're unable to bundle. So, um, right. Not unwilling. And, and, I, and, and so later conversations, I said, let me clarify. I mean, this is the cert in this case, the surgeon costs, the anesthesiologist costs and the facility costs. So we all, we all can add three numbers, right? But, but they were unable. So, but two or three years then I revisited this conversation with them and I said, yeah, this is working out well, you know, where we've sent three hip replacements from here to Oklahoma and now we've got local ones as well. And this, we started out with Oklahoma. I had called, talked to Keith, and he's like, we can start this afternoon. I mean, that's how easy their contract is. I know. It's so our, cool. <laughs> our prices are online. You know, they're the model. They're the model for yep. the country. So providers, if you want a model, talk to Keith. Uh, look yep. at SEO. Um, but you know what was interesting of their response when I said, when I said, we're sending a fair amount of surgeries there. You know what they said? She goes, we'll bundle. <laughs> and I thought... Well, isn't that funny? Because you were unable to, but I didn't say all this, right? But it's going through Matt's head, you know, you weren't able to before. And and by the way, I said, great. I'm not here to criticize you. Great. Good for you, because that's exactly what we want you to do. We're not here to fight. We're not here to fight. But I think this don't feed the monster, then what happens? They lose revenue. What do they care about most? Welfare revenue. Right. And so... Um, that gets their attention, and then they then they change their ways. So their prices will have to be if they lose enough revenue, their prices will have to become transparent. They'll have to work with you like a true uh, seller of healthcare services should, and that's uh, that's our strategy of of making this all good. We're not here to fight. We don't wish anyone ill, uh, but when you have a bad player, uh, you have to deal with them somehow. So that's how we're doing it. Well, and it's like any other industry. Um, we just have to call them out on pricing, call them out on service, call them out on quality. It's right. like any other industry. And traditionally, those big systems just have not been called out. They haven't had right. to compete. And that's you brought up a good example. When they're made to compete because they are losing business, all of a sudden they can find a way to do it. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah, we can do bundle pricing. It's amazing. Uh, it's, it's, right. it's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I always found that humorous. It's funny, you know, you don't think you're gonna, you're on the phone and you don't think you're gonna have a memorable moment and then they happen and it's like, Oh, that's a good story. I'm going to remember that. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So tell us a little bit about your book. When do you uh, expect it to come out? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, when I go home, I only have six, we got seven total, but six kids in the house and we're foster parents. So we bring in babies that have been on drugs or been, you know, the mother did drugs and so forth. So that takes a little time, but I would, I would hope within the next year, that I could uh, get that out there, get it finished. It is started. It's It's got a great start. And so I'm putting a little time into it whenever I can. I'll go down to the office for an hour or two and uh, keep adding to it. 
but yeah, I'm really excited about that. And hopefully that can be, you know, a guide for employers to, uh, to learn some of these techniques. Yeah. I'm super excited to have it come out because uh, I'll refer to it quite often. I'm super excited to read it. And, you know, I, I, I think I've read part of it, right? I think you've sent me the introduction. I believe I've got bits and pieces. Yeah. 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 And I I can write, I got some friends that actually write really well. I might pull them in, but English was always my goodest subject in school. So I'm, I think I can write pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, I I will tell you from writing a book myself, it's a big undertaking. And um, when I went down to put my stuff on paper and actually put it into, into the book, I'm like, Oh man, I need somebody to help me because uh, I'm a pharmacist, not a writer. I can tell that right now. And I had all these great ideas, but I just couldn't put them down in paper. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of a skill set, isn't it? You know, say it pretty well, but then it's another thing to kind of write it. So Hopefully, well, yeah, we'll make it fun and interesting and well and well written. So it's both, you know, great information, but also fun to read, too. I'm super excited. Well, um, we're going to wind this podcast up today on that note. And we're gonna, we want to have you on again because we want to we want you to tell the story of diabetes. Uh, you know, yeah. a knee surgery is a kind of an, ele- you know, is an elective surgery, so to speak. So some people might argue, well, what about chronic disease? Mm-hmm. You know, how can you save money on chronic disease? Because diabetes is expensive or whatever. So I'm right. super excited to hear that story. So we'll have to have you back on to share that story and we'll yeah. and, and share the progress of your book. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, the diabetes example is, is quite different. It's got different dynamics in it. And so I think it is valuable to hear how, how that uh, compared and contrasted, and we can definitely do that. So let me know. Yeah. So Matt, if anybody has any questions on this subject, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, probably uh, you know by email. So it's uh, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-O-H-R-T-7-3 at gmail.com. Or also Matt O, M-A-T-T-O at Team Cheryl, T-E-A-M-S-C-H-I-E-R-L.com is probably the best way to reach me. Awesome. I so appreciate it, Matt. You've definitely uh, realized our goal of helping uh, is educating and empowering individuals to take charge of their own health. And one one piece of that and, and a big piece of that is financially, that patients need to take care of their own health financially. So they need to be driving their employers also to say, you know what? I've heard of better ways that we can do this. And because um, some employers, you know, if we put consumers in charge again, um, this will that's the one of the ways to fix the system. Right. Yeah. And thank you, Sean, for what you're doing. I think it takes all of us to get the word out and education's a lot of it. You know, there's a phrase, right? Doctors learn in school very early. I'm I'm not an MD. Uh, I've got half a PhD, but um, right. They learn this phrase, do no harm. And right. Do no harm means to the whole person. And so if you even if you treat the person OK and well, uh, if you bankrupt that person, you're doing harm. So we need to look at this from. I agree. I agree. And I, I will say that I think some doctors don't want to admit that, but mm-hmm. it's just true. Um, I had a, a doctor on our podcast that said, actually, it was not a doctor. He was going to be a doctor. His parents are doctors, but um, he decided to kind of, you know, educate doctors about getting out of the system. Right. And, you know, he said, he said this, it's like, you know, doctors do have a choice. And, you know, if the doctor doesn't know the price of something that he's sending you to, whether it be an MRI or whether it be a surgery, you need to go somewhere else. Right. And and, and I totally agree with that. Doctors need to know pricing. Um, and if they don't, they should be the drivers of healthcare, including the financial part. And they need to, they need to know about it. So it's important consumers know that, that they can ask their doctor that. And if they can't, then they probably need to find a new doctor. 
they need to they need to take ownership in that. And I right, if you're in the in a hospital setting, typically what the nurses will say is I don't deal with that. What they're really saying is I know a lot about that and I'm hassled daily about it or asked daily about it. It's fair to ask what the cost is, by the way. That's not hassle. But uh, but they've just they've written they've written that part off because they know it's a sore spot. Um, I had an incident um, a year and a half ago and I was there about 20 hours and um, right, just as an example. And I was, I, I tried to crawl out of there the night before in the ER, you know, right. I'm, I'm realizing what's happening and I knew I was okay, but I'm trying to get out. I could, and I was too nauseated. But the next day I talked with a physical therapist for five minutes and, and he was very anxious to get me set up for appointments and appointments. And I didn't, cause I knew, I know one that's better and, you know, affordable and was actually free with my plan. Yep. So I wasn't interested in the scheduling, but he talked to me five minutes. Guess how much my bill was for physical therapy in the ER? $384. I was going to guess 300 bucks. $384 for a, a, a discussion to say, I don't want your services. Thank you for stopping up to my room. I was polite, but I don't, I don't want to schedule. That was $384. And when I questioned it, the billing, they were more annoyed that I was even asking, like, how dare I? It's unreal. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, on and on, right? But I mean, we all, you know, when I when I give presentations to our associates, I'll have uh, thirty people, small groups. I'll have six people in line. I just did a couple months ago. Six people in line. One person said, "I just I was in the ER. I had sixty-eight thousand dollars." Another person said, "Man, I was sixty-five hundred dollars, and I am I'm not even diagnosed yet." what do I do? I can't afford any of this and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, the stories are endless, but the more, we, you we- know, we wouldn't tolerate that in any other industry. A right. good example is hotels. Um, and I, I've got a great video on what if hotel, hospitals, um, hotels build like hospitals. Yeah. And we, we, we wouldn't tolerate it. And I, I've got a good example. I was in um, Boulder, Colorado a few weeks ago and um, I paid for their, internet service, which, you know, I I mean, it's kind of crappy that hotels will charge for that. Sometimes they get away with it. That's why they do it. Right. Right. So when I find out that my phone service was better and faster than their hotel, than their hotel Wi-Fi, and I paid for the advanced Wi-Fi, supposedly, I just went down to the front desk and I complained. Right. That's what we would do with anything else. Right. Right. And um, they said, oh, you know what? I'll just take those charges off your bill, you know, because it was a daily fee. Right. Yeah. You complained about the physical therapy charge, and they're like, "No, that's just the way it works." It was inappropriate to complain, you know. And, and the biggest, right, right. <laughs> and the biggest difference, right, in a hotel, what happens? You go somewhere else, they know that exactly the way the way that hospital systems are now. It's do you want this lane to this system or this lane to this system? And without interventions like we're doing, there's no other choice. Yep. So, um, as Marshall Allen says in his book, the the, the consumer the is is not the patient, it's the insurance company. So they're Correct. catering where the money's flowing from. And so That's you right. have no power as a as a patient, as a consumer, as a payer. Um, they don't care. Right. So unfortunately. But, right. but we can fix that, can't we? That's right. That's right. You need consumers need to be in charge of it. And like like you talk about talking about free market. I mean when consumers are in charge, prices will go down Quality goes up and service goes up, period. And in a traditional healthcare system, none of those things are good. Yeah, it's amazing how that can work when it's opened up. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you, Matt, so much for being on. I totally appreciate it. And we'll have you on to discuss that story on diabetes again and to talk about your book. 
great as always, Sean. Appreciate it. All right. Well, tune in Monday, 8, uh, 12.30 to one thirty. as always, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham will be streaming live 12.30 to one thirty Pacific Standard Time right here on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube site. So you can catch us on those platforms. Also, check us out on the podcast forums because we're available on most all the podcast forums. So check us out there. And I thank you for tuning in and listening today. Thank you so much.